This morning's scripture lesson comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, which can be found beginning on page 198 of the New Testament in your Pew Bible. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Do not, the Lord is near, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Before I begin, I want to call your attention to your bulletin at the bottom of the prayer request. There's a prayer request, um, our Christian uh, sympathy, extended to the family of Patricia DeMara Mills Moore. She's the mother of George Moore and Ginny Reed, and the grandmother of Mark Reed. She passed away on February 18th. Just below that, you'll see a joy, a congratulations to Mark and Jessica Reed on the birth of their daughter, Grace DeMara Reed, who was born on February 18th the same day that her great-grandmother passed away. Just before she died, she saw a picture of her youngest great-granddaughter. And uh, what a powerful testament of God's grace in the midst of sadness, new life, resurrection. So please keep the Reed family, the Moore family in your prayers, um, both uh, prayers of sympathy and prayers of thanksgiving. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is the third in our series of You Asked For It, or I like to call it Choose Your Own Adventure, where we asked you what you'd like us to preach on, and now we're giving it to you. This week, we're talking about how to remain positive when you are surrounded by negativity. And next week, Pastor Rick and I will be doing a dialogue on the women of the Bible and the stories that we get from them. And so I encourage you to come back next week, too. But anyway, as uh, Pastor Rick and I were planning out the series, I volunteered for this specific topic. I thought, you know, I, I think I talk about this a lot in my everyday life, and I would like to take this opportunity to preach on it. And as I began to prepare, I found myself struggling with something. I found myself trying to stray away from what the question really was, of how do you stay positive when you're surrounded by negativity. I found myself wanting to write the sermon on how to not be negative. 
I wanted to fix the problem of negativity. And so I kind of went back and forth and I struggled and I, I, uh, you know, I read and I researched and I did all this stuff and I decided that I was going to do it differently today. I'm going to not use my manuscript, which I usually do in the morning. My apologies to the choir and my back. But they have these monitors, so that, that hopefully makes it up for it, and it'll be less awkward than when I stand here and we all smile at each other during the doxology. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, I decided I wanted to do a manuscript, and then I decided I wanted to go back to my seminary training, you know, 15 years ago, where I went and took a class on preaching, and they said, you know, sermons usually have three points which is interesting because that's not how we preach. <laughs> but that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of pa- pastors, they preach their sermons, they have these are the three points, and, and we usually don't worry about that. But today, as I was working on this, I found, you know, I have three points. So it'll be easy to follow along for you and for me, <laughs> which will be good. But anyway, so today our topic is how to remain positive when we are in the midst of negativity. When we're surrounded by negative voices, how do we stay positive? How do we find that within ourselves? And the first of my points is, and this is something that I find myself saying to people all the time in various uh, counseling situations. Um, I find myself saying it to my daughter when she's dealing with crazy girls at school. You know, I find myself saying this to a lot of different people in different circumstances. Do not give up your power. You have power within yourself, over your emotions, over your feelings. And when you are surrounded by negativity, if you give up your power to be positive to the negativity, then you're denying yourself. The thing about negativity, in often cases, is that it can be sometimes a selfish and a self-absorbed behavior. It's about that person and what they're going through. But a lot of times when we're surrounded with negativity, we take that on and make it be about us. We say, we allow it to make us feel insecure. We allow it to make us question our behaviors and, and our attitudes and what we're trying to do. We make it be about us when in fact it's really about the person who's expressing the negativity usually, right? And so we have to decide not to give up our power to that negativity. I have, uh, as I said in the beginning, you know, when you're an ordained pastor, you do not belong to a local church, you belong to the conference. And throughout um, the past, you know, 15 years, I've done various things in our conference and had various responsibilities. And um, some of them were programmatic and things. And I would always find there was one pastor um, who uh, I, I knew from previous experience. And whenever we would be doing something that was kind of new and edgy, I would get a phone call from him, and he would tell me why that was a bad idea and why that wouldn't work and why I needed to go back to an old model. And, and by the way, you're doing a great job, you know? <laughs> and, and I would get these phone calls, and I would start to question, well, maybe I'm not doing this right. And, and this, this thing that I've been very passionate and excited about, maybe, that's, maybe it's, it is just going to fail. And I would start to um, question myself and and the team that I was working on and what we were trying to do instead of saying why does he feel it necessary to 
always call and say this is not a good idea. Um, why? What's going on in his life that makes him have this kind of negative response to anything whenever we try something different? I would take it on and give up my power and give up my great ideas because they were great. Um, <laughs> I would give up, you know, these these things that we'd been working on as a team because of this negative voice, and I would allow it to have power over me instead of, and so I'd give up my power. And when we do that to negativity, then it it infects us. It causes us to just question ourselves instead of realizing that this is not about me. This is about this person, where they're coming from. How can I remain positive and helpful to that person in this situation? And that leads us to the second um, point, which is that we have a choice. You have a choice to be positive or to be negative. Um, have you ever, I'm sure this doesn't happen in anyone's house but mine, but um, sometimes I don't have the best day at, and things go wrong or I, you know, I, I'm busy and I don't get everything done that I want to get done and I don't eat or drink enough water or whatever and I come home and um, the house is a mess and my kids are just not doing their homework and their stuff is all over the place and uh, my husband is, I don't know, doing whatever on the computer and and I start to bark, you know, like uh, put away your stuff and do this and are, are you going to help me and are we, do we have a dinner plan or, and I start getting mad and then pretty soon I'm just, you know, I just spewed all of this and then I hear my daughter Ben, aren't you going to help me with this? And da 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 da. And Mike is Mike doesn't ever like vocalize his frustration because he's a very quiet man. But he walks around and he's stomping around, and you can tell that he's in a bad mood. And I'm like, what? Wow, what have I done here? Does anybody? Is that just my house that that ever happens in? <laughs> and. And so everyone in my family has chosen to adopt my behavior. I've chosen to exhibit this behavior instead of just saying, clearly, mom's having a bad day. Now, one time, my seven-year-old, he was probably six at the time, came up to me and said, did you have a bad day, mom? (laughs) You know, I did. I'm sorry. And it just, you know, diffused the situation. He made the choice not to get sucked in. And we all have that choice. Um, as I was preparing for this, I called a good friend of mine, um, and I said to her, I need you to tell me how you have stayed positive. She, uh, two years ago, um, uh, was, was divorced from her husband, who she'd been married to for 20 years. And I didn't know that there was anything really wrong with their marriage until she came to me and said that they, they were going to be uh, divorced. I knew that he wasn't a very happy man, but I also saw that she was always positive. You know, she was someone who had wonderful advice about parenting. Um, she's a pastor and, you know, had wonderful, successful ministry. Um, just a, a great friend who was, you know, there for me in times and, and was always, you know, positive. 
And I had no idea that she was living with a lot of negativity and, and even more than negativity. And I said to her, you know, how did you remain so positive through that? And she said, well, there were a couple of things. First of all, she did not want to model negativity. She made a choice to not model negativity to her children or to her churches or to her friends. That was important to her, to make that choice, to not be negative herself, but to be positive. And she said, and second, I found myself surrounding myself by friends who were positive. I sought out people who were positive and I became their friend. I wanted to have that around me. And third, she said, I just liked the way I felt when I was positive versus when I was negative. And so I chose to continue that behavior because it was life-giving for me. Now, the thing about talking about how do you remain positive when you're surrounded by negativity is that sometimes you can't just remain positive. Sometimes you need to abort the situation. Sometimes, you know, in this case, a divorce needed to happen. Sometimes it's not healthy to continue to put yourself in this kind of an environment. And so in her case, she came to the realization that she needed to remove herself from the situation. But then what she found as a a pastor in a smaller church Uh, where everyone kind of knows what's going on in everybody's lives and stuff like that, is that there were some people in her congregation who felt very negative about what she, about this life choice that she had made. And, you know, letters were written to the bishop, and and she was being kind of questioned as to whether or not she should be a pastor. If If her life isn't together in her home life, how can she keep a church together? And I said, and how did you survive that? What was your, you know, how did you, because she wasn't, I mean, sometimes she she would allow it to upset her, but in general, she was able to be positive. And she said, I knew that this was a healthy choice that I had to make, that it was a healthy choice for me to get out of an abusive situation. I needed to um, make that choice. And so this, they didn't know my life. I knew my life. And I knew what was life-giving. And so that allowed me to stay positive, even in the midst of this um, unconstructive criticism. She made healthy choices for herself, and she chose to be positive. And even through her divorce, she said, you know, there are so many times when when you go through a divorce that you um, people choose to allow their kids to see the negativity. And And she said, I was not willing to bring everybody else into what was going on. I wanted to stay positive. So I want to also pose one more question here. When you are dealing with negativity constantly, how do you think you got yourself into that? I think that's something that we have to consider. What in your life has led you so that you are surrounded by negativity? And is it a choice for you to continue to be surrounded by that? And if so, how can you choose to surround yourself with positivity instead? This brings us to our third point, uh, which is related to our scripture, of course. Now, Pastor Rick and I, when we have a sermon series, we sit down and we plan it out and we talk about who's going to do what when and Um, usually then we each pick our own scriptures and our own titles and all that kind of stuff. Well, this week I gave my information to Cheryl and she said, oh, 
this is different from what's what we've told everybody. There's this, we have a different scripture and a different title. And I said, well, that doesn't matter. I'm just going to do this. And then she reminded me, what about the men's Bible study who's already studied this scripture? And I said, oh, you're right. So, ironically, the passage that I was going to preach on is the one that Steve just read earlier. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and which was is is a great great scripture um, that I think works very well here too. But I uh, read the scripture that Pastor Rick had pointed out, and wouldn't you know it, oh, that was perfect, right? So forget what I had, was going to do. This was perfect because it speaks to that third point. Uh, Paul is writing this letter from jail to the church of Philippi. Now. Can you get more negative circumstances than that, right? Jail. He's in jail being, being basically persecuted for s- spreading the gospel, for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and building the church. He's in jail. And he writes to the people of Philippi, with thanksgiving make petitions known to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. He's saying to them, keep positive. And the way that you do that is by giving thanks, is by gratitude, the third point. That when we adopt an attitude of gratitude, to use a cliche, when we become people of gratitude, then that influences the way that we approach the world. When it becomes a lifestyle, it affects who we are and how we approach other people and how we deal with negativity. Um, there's been a lot of research done at the at UC Davis uh, on gratitude. In fact, I have a friend who is a part of the research, so I talk about this a lot because I think it's really fascinating. And they interviewed people who um, had been victims from September 11th and from the Katrina uh, hurricane, and they found that those who found gratitude in such dire circumstances consistently that reported that they were happier than those who did not, and that they're less susceptible to negative emotion and outcomes. It is the presence of thankfulness in trying times that enables us to conclude that gratitude is not just positive thinking, but rather a deep and abiding recognition and acknowledgement that goodness exists under even the worst of life that life offers. My best advice to those who find themselves dealing with the negativity and desperately hoping to not be negative is to find a way to express your gratitude to God so that you'll experience the peace of Christ that comes through gratitude. Last year at our women's retreat, Reverend Melanie Carey was our facilitator, and um, she was trying. She the whole theme was finding Sabbath in your life, and she gave us several suggestions and asked us to each pick one of those suggestions to take and make a part of our routines and part of our daily life. And I chose a gratitude journal, um, and I did it not just for myself but for our family. And so we began this habit of every night. Um, everyone would come and sit on my bed and the four of us would write in a journal two things that each of us was happy for about that we were grateful for in our day. And so it, you know, it's funny because it became, we're going to do gratitude now, you know, and my kids would, um, it would say at first it was kind of a chore. And then if we would forget to do it, it was like, aren't we going to do gratitude? Um, but they would find things in their day, like, 
Ben got new glasses and he was thankful for that. Or Allison finished a book that she really enjoyed and she was thankful for that. Or we got to read Harry Potter at night. Or um, I got to play with this friend. And it, and it became this thing where they were looking in their day for the thing that they were going to share that they were grateful for at night. And Mike and I found that it was this powerful way not only to share our gratitude with our kids and model that for them, but to affirm them. Because a lot of times our gratitude became about um, things that we saw in them. You know, we were able to say, I'm grateful for the way that Allison um, cleaned up the family room without being asked to. Or I'm grateful for how hard Ben is working at learning to read. Or things like that. And we could affirm them as part of this prayer of gratefulness. And I found that... It, it began to just affect me in, in a wonderful way. I found that I slept better at night when this was one of the last things I did in the day as a family. Um, so I had more energy in, in the day and I wasn't as stressed out. I found that I um, saw and noticed beautiful things more and um, that I was able to just remain positive. And it really had a wonderful and positive effect on us. And then the summer came and the craziness of summer and we kind of got out of the routine. And um, this past, just a month ago, Mike um, began a new job in Ann Arbor where he's working for a software company that resources churches. And it has really affected our life in that he's there. He doesn't get home until 7 o'clock at night and he's still taking classes and all this stuff. And, and, and we're just having transition issues, right? And, and my kids who are used to seeing their dad all the time are not seeing it and, and we just have tears and all this stuff. And, and, I, it, and it just occurred to me as I was working on this, you know what, we have to get back into the lifestyle of gratitude. And that will, I know, God will use that time and we will use that time to honor God and that will help us as we approach our days and we will find things that we're thankful in the midst of transition. And so we're going to get back into that. It's time to start our journal again. So how do you stay positive in the midst of negativity? Don't give up your power. You have a choice. You can choose to be positive. And adopt a lifestyle of gratitude. Turn to God and express your thanksgiving. That research, the research from UC Davis also found that people who practice gratitude have a tendency to look up and then out. Grateful people sense that they are not separated from others or from God. This recognition brings not only a deep sense of gratefulness, but of contentment and peace. For when we offer our petitions of thanksgiving and gratitude to God, our hearts and minds are guarded in the peace of Christ. Remember, you are a precious child of God. You are loved and you are meant for good. No one can take that away from you. May that assertion cloud your day and may it inspire you to gratitude and peace. Amen.